2: It's hour two of the G Bag Nation here on 105.3. The fan, as I told you right before the break, we do have breaking NFL news. The tag deadline just passed, and we open up here with the Daniel Jones story um, as he and the Giants are finalizing a four-year contract extension, and it's appearing to be very similar to the Dak Prescott deal. One tweet says four and 160 with another 35 possibly uh, in incentives throughout the life of the deal. So it's significant. It's at least $40 million per year for uh, for Daniel Jones. I think they should have just let him walk. Uh, I, I am celebrating this story and I'll tell you why here in just a second. General at your service. There's Brian Broadis, uh, former NFL scout and executive, maybe the biggest uh, Daniel Jones believer here at the station. I'm, I'm so t-
0: happy they got this deal hey, done, by the way. But we can put Jared Sandler up say, there as well. Oh, he's a con- huge fan? Oh, Jared oh, yeah. Sandler's
2: a
3: big Daniel Jones guy. I'm not even I'm not even kidding you. He, no, he says, thinks he's gonna win MVP next year. And he's better than wow. definitely better than Dak. Okay, yeah, all right. We, we about so went to blows. It's a real That's conversation. Jared. That's Jared,
4: Jared right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, he's not, and Jared's not doing a bit either. I'm Sometimes I'm not sure about Brian.
2: Okay, out of the 405, Dawson, on behalf of Cowboys Nation, I'd is, is just, like, just like to give a huge a damn thank you to the Giants for keeping Jones in the East for four more years. I'm, I'm right there with you. How about you? There's Lucius Alexander <laughs> in the Pimp Cup over there, Master Control, Chia follow. You have Carter Freeman coordinating your video. You can watch us online, 105 dot Twitch, Twitch or YouTube. Now, do you want to do a little house cleaning uh, real quick. I don't know what's going on with the Lamar Jackson story. Pro Football uh uh the talk posted and multiple outlets said it was the non-exclusive tag, but now Mike Florio is saying it's unclear which franchise tag was used. So, we will uh effort to get a little bit of follow-up on on that. If it's non-exclusive, it's just 32 million and any team can come in there and offer Lamar Jackson whatever the hell they want, and that's important because Maybe the the Commanders, the Washington Commanders, be looking over there at uh, Lamar Jackson. Certainly a, a handful of teams: Houston, Vegas, uh, perhaps making sense. I don't know. The Jets are talking with Aaron Rodgers today. Maybe they want to circle back and look at Lamar Jackson as well, more of a, a long term move. That's uh, obviously a player that's going to have a lot of interest. But before we get there, you have to know which which tag it is. Okay, here's here's what I got on the Daniel Jones story here for you. This is Warren Sharp. If Daniel Jones, this is this is Warren Sharp yesterday, and if you're if you're unfamiliar, Warren Sharp is the best at uh, at at finding you know really interesting advanced stats on uh, you know the the biggest uh, NFL players and packaging it in a way that's very easy to understand, very consumer friendly. Here's what Warren Sharp tweeted about Daniel Jones as the negotiations were hot last night. If Jones reaches a deal with New York, he will become the first quarterback in history to sign for twenty plus. Uh, million after playing 15 plus games and throwing less than 20 touchdowns okay Mm -hmm. so I played uh, more than 15 games did not throw for even 20 touchdowns and no player has ever gotten more than 20 million dollars a year and how much did Daniel Jones just get guaranteed 40 Uh, he just got guaranteed total I
3: the, I don't know exactly what the guaranteed total is, but four years, 160 million figure. is what yeah, I know. Okay. I don't know what the exact guarantee is. Okay,
2: yeah, that's my bad. I shouldn't have used the word guarantee, but he got 40 a year, uh, four and, and 160, and no quarterback matching that criteria had, had ever gotten uh, 20 million plus. And throwing less than 20 touchdowns, there hasn't been another quarterback to sign for even 10 million a year after playing 12 plus games and throwing only 15 touchdowns as Jones did. So four times the previous benchmarks of a player who only threw 15 touchdown passes, they'd never hit 10 million plus. Here's the Giants lining up to give him 40. Uh, to me, this is kind of Mitch Trubisky esque. Maybe he's a little bit better than Mitch Trubisky, though. Um, it's only a slight troll uh, comparing him to to Trubisky. On top of that, Warren Sharp tweets: Jones is the only quarterback in the modern passing era to play 10 plus games for three consecutive years and throw fewer touchdowns than games played every year. Uh, 11 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns, and then 15 touchdown passes. So I think this is something uh, we can celebrate. I, I think what ended up happening is Dayball was so good at reducing the risk around Daniel Jones that he could play a simplified game that threatens the defense but to me you saw what the ceiling is on that uh you know and it's it's what the wild card round that's uh, yep. that's about as high as I think Daniel Jones can take that team all this is glorious
4: I'm with you and they also just tagged up uh, Barkley so that they they've put the uh, non exclusive tag on Barkley as well so they'll pay him the same as the Cowboys are going to pay Pollard unless they get a long term deal done with Pollard which is about 10.1 million million. but Uh, This is one where the the Daniel Jones believers will say, hey, he was ruined by Jason Garrett. So see what he could do with a good offensive mind and day ball. And then last year it was, well, look what he was able to do without having a lot of weapons around him. Mm -hmm. Like, look at that receiving core. He was throwing to an Isaiah Hodgins. A Richie James. Lawrence Cager. Right. So, I mean, it's it's unfair to look at him and talk about the touchdown passes and what he did prior to last year. These are what the defenses will be. But I, I don't think... Historically G- low
2: numbers for yeah. a franchise quarterback. So-called. I don't think
4: Daniel Jones is horrible. I do think he has improved every year, and I think Dayball was really good for him. I think he's a solid quarterback. But now, I mean, this is one of those perfect examples of the quarterback market. Some of these guys are worth it but the majority of them aren't. This yeah. is a player that's not worth $40 million
2: a year. The worse your quarterback is, the more you have to overspend in order to make a contender around him or draft your balls off and find you know four or five rookies that can help take you over the top. Now, what do you think about, uh, uh, Brian? I, I know you're not as high on Dak as, as you've been over the years. What do you think about this claim from Jared Sandler that Daniel Jones is better? Whose next three years would you rather have?
0: Oh, I would take Dax. Next three years. I know I would say a lot of things about I think Daniel Jones is only going to have a chance because of Dayball and then and then my guy Mike Kafka. That's that's why I feel like that I feel like if they could get him some if they could get him some skill guys around him, continue to work on the offensive line, I think that he can improve. But I, I would take Dak. I'd absolutely take Dak. But I, I think to me that it's just gonna be on how the Giants handle this. You know, I feel like their general manager's in a good spot. They're picking right ahead of the Cowboys, so they're kind of in the same boat. But, you know, these next couple of drafts will be really, really important whether Daniel Jones uh, ever, ever fully develops as a quarterback. I think he now has a chance just by the guys he's got around him.
3: Yeah, I I think getting getting more talent around him will be helpful. Having that coaching staff is huge, and but but I mean they leaned on his legs so much last year, and so is that is that your plan again? I think they
0: leaned on his legs because they didn't have anything. They had to lean on Barkley's legs. I think they have to lean on. They were trying to do things to mask all the deficiencies they had at skill guys on the outside. Look look what happened with Evan Grant or Evan 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 Ingram uh, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram goes off to Jacksonville and has, like, a career year. You know, they've had players. I mean, they had that guy there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then he goes off and does some great thing. I mean, that to me, I, I'm, I'm going to start to evaluate Daniel Jones these next couple of years just because I feel like that they're going to have better players around him.
4: Which is fair. I think his running ability last year was the best part of his game. Like that's what made him
0: mask all the deficiencies they had on offense.
4: And that's true. And and he didn't really have a lot of weapons. I mean there's there's no question. Like that's a fair rebuttal to, to people that want to believe in Daniel Jones. But I will never forget him on Thanksgiving sitting up there in the press box. Yeah. Fourth down, games hanging in the balance. He's got Barkley wide open in the flat like for a, a two, first down yeah, two yard throw. And he throws it behind him. Barkley has to literally fall down to try and catch the football, yeah. and it's an incompletion. The Cowboys are off the field, thank goodness, and then they're able to come back and win the football game.
2: And he made some nice plays. He, he did, you know, and even in the playoffs, he he made some nice plays. It's not like he's devoid of it, but I, I think when the pressure gets turned up, he doesn't have the like the poison composure to be a star, to be a leader. Oh, right. very, a lot of that no, is mental that, toughness. That very
0: well could happen. Yeah. I, I Just like I said, I think that Dave Gettleman did him absolutely no favors. For sure. I think Jason Garrett did him absolutely no favors. I think that you know Joe Judge, anybody else that you want to put in there that was directly responsible for how well he played it's on him too. It's on him if he goes out there and poops in the bed the next couple of years, mm. you know i I'll say, well, man,
2: send him to trial like yeah. Amber Heard he we'll yeah. get a sleep smart yeah. or a <laughs> endorsement or whatever that is, but yeah I sleep i'm
0: i'm I'm willing to say the Giants did what they had to do because they're terrified of the the they're terrified of of what the alternative is for them
2: yeah yeah i, I a I, lot of teams I, get to that mode they i'm just, terrified like, of them drafting somebody i
0: know uh, i just i don't understand if you're
4: Dable
3: you should be terrified if
0: the commanders trade for lamar Jackson. oh that i
2: am terrified of
0: I mean, yeah that, that's, that's that could be a problem but see that's what i i just kind of feel like that that daniel jones is probably in a better spot but if he if he doesn't do well then you know what they'll 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 move on from him and
2: well, a, you know Congrats to him. I, I thought the Giants might be the first team to to stand up to these quarterbacks and their agents and being like, I, I don't care if there's only 25 of you. That's, We're not paying the 23rd best one like he's the best one. That's uh, the Ravens. Yeah.
0: The Ravens are the ones that are going to stand up.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh... Players who could be underpriced. Who wants to shop for some future Cowboys? We go to NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal here. We have a couple of minutes. Uh, NFL free agency players who could be underpriced and overpriced. And I think this is important to look at because there's an inefficiency in the NFL. The teams clear the decks to sign star players. They have to fill the roster with minimum players, and there's a bunch of guys in the middle making between like four and ten million bucks that can impact the game in a in a very big way. I, I just think they're underpaid for their production. Okay, and in terms of who we could be looking at right here, how about linebacker David Long? If you're looking, he's 26 years old, great at avoiding contact while knifing into tackle runners when he gets sent on a blitz. The Titans developed Long after drafting him in the sixth round in 2019 and now might not be able to afford him linebacker uh, David Long. But that's not the most interesting one, even though the Cowboys do need an inside linebacker. I think they're going cheap, cheap there. How about Darius Slayton? 46 catches, 724 yards at wide receiver last year. Would not break the bank at all. Maybe around three years and 25 mil. I think I'd rather have him than Odell Beckham Jr.
3: Well, at least you could feel better about his health, right? I mean, yeah. and his age and yeah. the price tag—all of that will will scream to the Cowboys: This could be something we would do. And I think, in general, you mentioned a linebacker first. That is one of those positions that is usually, when you look at how much they're being paid and some of the value that they can bring, is that's a position that is underpaid and brings value. Right, and yeah. you're always overpaying for those premium positions that, when you look back at it. Isn't usually equaling the production that they give you. You're yeah. overpaying for those guys. But the linebacker position is clearly one of those where you can get them on the cheap and then the value that they bring you is is pretty incredible for the dollars that you're giving Especially them. Especially
4: when you're trying to look at in in, you know, one area where I'm like, man, I don't have any doubt about this team and thank thank the football gods for Will McClay. I love you, sir. But it's the Cowboys in drafting and you, I don't think you're going to be able to find an imp, an impact guy at receiver and, and linebacker unless some guy falls to you at 26. So those are the two areas where you should try and find guys Ooh. at linebacker and receiver and free agency to play for you. That's Can good I ask you, what
0: you just real quick? Uh, I know we updated. Uh, Sanders, uh, Arkansas.
4: Drew Sanders?
0: Yeah. He'd be the only linebacker? guy. See, that's the, uh, that's the only uh, opportunity that I think the Cowboys – would possibly
2: take there and there's in the first some linebackers round. I like,
4: but yeah. I just don't know that they're going to be immediately as rookies able yeah.
2: to come in
0: and start and yeah. play. He's great. the one guy that can rush the passer.
2: Too. Sure, great yeah. conversation, gentlemen. You also have Marcus Peters, the corner, now 30 years old. You'd have two risk takers with Diggs and Peters. They say about one year and nine million dollars for him. Jonathan Jones is another cornerback spent last year in New England. Um and he is 29 years old. Puna Ford, the old uh, defensive tackle, oh my had, Attle, yeah, 27 yeah, years Longhorn. old. Yep. Chauncey Gardner Johnson not getting the tag at safety. Uh, he he's not a guy the Cowboys are going to be interested in or or could afford. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, that is a name. Okay, uh, it is the G Bag Nation here on the Fan, and it's time now for NFL Draft, love it or hate it. I believe we have four mocks. We'll give who the Cowboys take at 26, and our guys will tell you if they would love that or hate it next in the G Bag Nation. welcome back nation hope you're having a good one time now for a little nfl draft big board report we'll do some love it or hate it here in just a second segments brought to you by the frankles there's a reason you need a special license to drive a big truck so companies that hire drivers and put them in a big truck should be held accountable for what happens when when one hurts you frankly need franklin frankl, frankl. consultation is always free at truckwreck.com before i get to this um uh four mock drafts and who they got the cowboys taken. Chief has an interesting dynamic that teams are looking at called the Brock Purdy effect at quarterback. He was Mr. Irrelevant and led the Niners on a great uh, late-season charge into the playoffs. Chief, what do you have for us on him?
3: Okay, Monday morning quarterback, the Brock Purdy effect, and it's that teams are taking note of the experienced college quarterbacks like a Brock Purdy who was drafted last in the draft, but he was a guy that, that was the one selling point on him that Broadus kept talking about even this year when he got inserted. It's like, hey, at least this is an experienced guy. This is a guy that started all four years and took a ton of reps, and that experience is one of the reasons why, uh, among many other, that he had success with the Niners this year. And so now, what they're talking about is how teams are going. Okay, this if you're super experienced, and maybe I I would usually draft you in the seventh round, like I did Brock Purdy, San Francisco. Maybe you're more of a middle round quarterback now. So just looking at the experience in general, something that could help some later round uh, draft eligible quarterbacks to actually be potentially pushed up into the middle rounds and they can thank Brock Purdy for that. And he notes a couple of things that are interesting, just the overall amount of reps that a quarterback has had in a real game in high school and college and the total amount of reps that these quarterbacks have. Trevor Lawrence had coming in as a rookie in the NFL, college and high school combined, he had over 2000 passing plays in in-game experience. Patrick Mahomes same thing, over 2000 Justin Fields right at a thousand. Alex Smith remember him from years Utah. and years ago yep he was a number one pick. he had under a thousand passing reps as a quarterback from high school and college. And remember Alex Smith ended up becoming a respectable quarterback, but how long did that development take? took a little bit. Same thing with what we've seen with Justin Fields. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Pat Mahomes, guys, hey, they got a ton of reps, and of course, they're freakishly talented. Yeah. But they played a ton in high school, they passed a ton in college, they step into the NFL, and it just decreases the developmental time, in theory.
2: Well, I, I love this. You know, you look at the success the Cowboys had with Cooper Rush. And I don't know how much uh, experience Cooper Rush had in college, but there's a huge difference of what he was this year compared to three years ago. And maybe it's a result of all that experience in those preseason games. So the idea is, if you have a team ready to win now, like the Niners, the Cowboys, the Eagles, a mid-round quarterback with lots of experience might be able to step in in the rookie year and maximize the rookie contract window. If you're playing that rookie contract window game with your quarterback to save all this money against the cap, there's your opportunity with QBs that started for three or four years and have fifteen hundred to two thousand, uh, you know, total snaps by the time they they arrive. And I just hope the Cowboys are ready to take advantage of it with a guy that's got some upside, but also the experience in college. Brian, oh, will Are there guys like that? You see?
0: Yeah, the the Hinden Hooker, I've mentioned him quite a bit on that. Uh, this Aiden O'Connell from Purdue is another guy I would think of. Clayton Toon from Houston. A lot of people are familiar. These guys have played a lot of snaps. Max Dugan from uh, from TCU has been one of those guys. So those are the types of guys I think you're looking at in that early, maybe in the day three kind of mode. Mm -hmm. But it it fits perfectly to what you guys are talking about. Uh, Jake Hainer. Uh, from fresno state yeah is another guy i mean I like they're, they're, there are some quarterbacks that because of the covid situation where they got an extra year mm-hmm. and those guys that stayed they've yeah, got and, some six-year starters yeah you got some guys that got some real experience that could uh, could help a team going forward
4: i think another element to this is you know it's not just about you know, how long and the snaps, but, you know, the program builders, right? Like one thing about a Purdy, and Brian, you alluded to this, mm-hmm. was he took a Iowa State to places they hadn't been before. Top twenty-five, A conference championship. Yeah. You know, O'Connell from Purdue. Yeah, they that's were a just, factor. Right, they yeah. were just in the Big Ten championship. Like what was your impact at the program, right? There, there's a lot that goes into that at the quarterback position. So certainly I think reps are important, but also what was your impact
2: on that program? And all good thoughts as well. All right, love that uh, Brock Purdy effect. We'll see if any teams uh, want to step up, and, and those experienced quarterbacks, maybe they're going to start getting drafted a lot a lot sooner on, on the chance that they can put you in the game here unexpectedly. Let's do this uh, NFL mock draft, love it or hate it. We go to uh, Dane Brugler, uh, a long time, and maybe the king of of the media mockers for a long time running he's got Dalton Kincaid tied in Utah last and and I, we should tell you you know Dane used to work with us quite often here at the fan and he has a knack for like nailing these things well before anybody like his network of sources it's not just the film work he's all over the situation says, the last time the Cowboys drafted a tight end first round was David LaFleur, huh. <laughs> and Barry Switzer was the head coach, but the current Cowboys are looking for playmakers on offense, and Kincaid offers a unique profile, could give Dak a quick wins like the aforementioned Schultz, while also providing more explosive potential. Sell us on this. Is, is he a finesse uh, Jimmy Graham big guy? Is, is he a bowl? Is he, is he George Kittle? Like, there's a lot of athletic freaks that come out of college at, at the tight end position, and there's only, like, four Wookies at any one time in the entire league so I mean how how sure could you be that a first round tight end could break into that pure game breaker mode that uh you know a handful of guys show us
4: always doubt right because a lot of these first round tight ends to be honest with you they they have not ended up living up to the hype you know Noah offense. even Kyle Pitt so far you know maybe he hasn't quite lived and, and he got hurt last year so it might per not Per game, be he's, he's
2: doing well. But, but sure O.J. Is. Howard. Right. You, like, know? Like you yeah. can
4: throw out the guys that that maybe haven't, uh, like, a Pettigrew from Oklahoma State a couple of years ago comes to mind. But I, I love Dalton Kincaid. Like, I'd love
0: this. Hawkinson's and gotten better. Hawkinson I mean, has. Yeah, and, and I yeah. think that
4: he's in a great place there in yeah. Minnesota now, yeah, right? Yeah. And he's another guy that injuries were, were maybe yeah. a reason why it was slow for him right. to get going. But I, I think Travis Kelsey might be like a Mark Andrews. Maybe those are guys that I'd compare a Kincaid to. He's not a George Kittle Uh, To where he's like that rugged bulldozer, mean, nasty kind of guy. Uh, I wouldn't call him finesse, though, because I do think he can block. But to me, he's just a guy. You talk about being able to kind of find space like Dalton Schultz does really well. Just a knack for getting open and winning quickly. That's That's what Kincaid does. But he's got the ability to get you yak. He can move in open space and create and score from different areas on the field. I love him. I think he's absolutely fantastic. I think he's worth it. And to me, just because you might like a Ferguson or a Hendershot – I don't think that's reason not to take him because it's very likely that you're sitting there the wide receivers yeah. are wiped out tight end might be the best player at 26. And they
2: love to get in those tight end heavy groups and run a bunch of times and then try to spring a big pass play on you with three tight ends on the field. We've already seen Mike McCarthy warm up to that so I think that's a great Matchup nightmares there at tight end. Brian anything to add on no, to the next I, one? No, I think okay. uh,
0: I think the Wooly Bully had it, had it nailed.
2: We go to the Dallas Morning News here where they have done a mock draft here and uh, this is Calvin Watkins by the way who's going to join you coming up at uh, at 6 the clock yeah and and he's got uh, the guard from Florida Osiris Torrance would you love it or hate it I think
0: to me that what Torrance has done is he's gone in and he's lost weight he was a 347 pound guy and now he's down to like 330 pounds he's not the quickest of foot he's a power player he's a big guy uh you know when you see him uh in, in the inline block and stuff he gets really good movement sometimes he doesn't always get up on the second level But if you want a player at the point of attack, whoever you put, say you put him next to Tyler Smith, Tyler Smith being a really good athlete, you know, they can handle stuff out on the edge. This guy inside, you know, Jerry Jones always talks about building the front of the pocket Torrance is the type of guy that's a hard guy to knock back there. Not the best athlete, but man, he is a super strong guy.
2: All righty. So would you hate it or love it, Brian?
0: I would love it from the aspect of I think it, it the front of the pocket is important. I would hate it from the fact that if you try to say, we're going to make an athlete out of this guy, hmm. that's not his cup. If you say, oh, we're going to pull him and we're going to run the screens sure. and so we're going to do all you know, backside cutoffs and all that stuff, that's not this guy's thing. This guy is a straight-ahead power blocker.
2: So you're kind of lukewarm on it.
0: I'm not totally happy about that, no. Yeah. Because I personally would take – john michael Smiths, the the center from minnesota and consider playing him at guard Mm. because i know what an athlete he is and if it turns too expensive for for biadish i could plug him in at center and away we go yeah Mm. i want a better i think in the nfl you have to have your 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 offensive line has to have athletes yeah, and I think the more those guys you have, the better off
2: you. So are. we're going to focus on pass pro, but not at the expense of running the ball, and that would yeah. be a move no, in that no. direction.
0: Torrance, towards towards if you want to run the ball, Torrance would be fine to run the ball behind. That's his deal. And if if defenders try and run through him, he's not going to let you run over him.
2: He's just not going to do the fancy running. He's stuff. not going to get the ball to the edge and things like yeah, that. are gotcha. not is
0: not
4: his. That's not his. He's not uh, a guy you want to get in space. Yeah, because he's he's probably going to be too slow to get out to his spot.
0: All right, but he lost weight. He lost seventeen pounds, and I think that was something that I was really worried about. I'm like, this guy, yeah, this guy can't play at 350, but 330 might be a different player. I like him. I I wouldn't think it's a bad pick.
2: Okay, Todd McShay comes in here at 26, and he's back to Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, a lot of the insiders talking tight end uh, now. uh, A couple of days after Broadus first alerted you to this. Uh, it's it's now starting to populate in a lot of these mocks, coming off 70 catches, 890 yards, eight touchdowns, and we've already been over that. Yeah, you guys would like it.
0: He's really good. When you flex him, put him in a wing, move him, There's a lot. this kind of third down is really good at, at catching the
2: ball. So then we're going to uh, finish up here over at NFL.com with uh, Lance Zerline. You guys mentioned his name uh, a few segments ago, Drew Sanders, the uh, linebacker from Arkansas, uh, uh looks like Layton Vanderesh on the field and is a linebacker who can rush the passer feels like an automatic selection for Jerry Jones especially since he went to Arkansas is this guy would this be a good pick at 26 Wolchuk he's uh, a Denton Ryan Raider i've gotten to
4: see a lot of Drew Sanders growing up got to call some of his games in high cool. school uh i mean i'm a fan of the kid man he's he's a good kid he he's just I liked him, but I didn't love his tape. You know, yeah. But he he's one of those guys where I think he's clearly the best linebacker in the draft. It's a little rich there for me to take him at 26. I
0: feel like, though, with Drew Sanders, he's a better straight-line player than he is with the mobility and stuff like that. The workout at the Combine, there was a little bit of some struggle when they were asking him to do some bendy things. And he's kind of a guy that, it, you know, when you watched him on tape, as a pass rusher, you did see some bendy things. So, to me, I, the fact he was at Alabama, he transferred. This guy's played on some really good teams. He's played in some, um, some big games. I mean, the, and the fact that he could rush the passer, I think, is a plus. Absolutely.
2: All righty. There you have it. Another NFL draft big board report coming up next. Chief, what would you like to talk about?
3: No one in sports had a worse night than this guy. That's next.
2: All righty. Welcome back. G-Bag Nation coming up at uh, 4 o'clock. Wolchuk's going to keep you entertained. But right now, we swing the broadcast baton over to Chia. Follow. Take it away, Eric.
3: Okay, I got some stuff here, but I'm curious. Is it old age or not even old age, but just the aging process? Or is it a post-COVID situation to where I feel like my taste buds are betraying me a little bit? I had a McDonald's Hot Fudge Sunday for the first time in quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I came away from that extremely disappointed. And oh. I had that as a top three what? fast food dessert item, like, just a staple, no question.
4: What well, was disappointing? Did you not put the nuts on it? No,
3: I did put the nuts on. The nuts were fine. The crunch was still there. The ice cream seemed less than, and the hot fudge was the real disappointment. Oh no, they messed with that. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe McDonald's. Maybe this is a McDonald's thing. Maybe it was. the I location. don't know if it's me or them so or here's what. We what. Need to do. That machine hot fudge, actually worked. I, I, the, yes, it did work. Oh. It did. I was. Was it, the, was about it our
4: neighbor? The, the neighbor? No, no, it was not. It was. Uh, it was one in, in Fort Worth by me. All right. So during the break. I want you to run down. I want you to get yourself another hot fudge sundae.
3: I just had bacon-wrapped Oreos. It's been one of the, I don't know.
0: By the way, those things that was they a cheese dominant man. Eric, Thank you, Tolloman. I don't want to hear yeah. about this, okay. okay? Either
3: way, I'm just I don't know if it cuz I did lose my taste for about a month with COVID. And okay. so, and this hot fudge sundae is not the only thing, but it's the one that's like sticking out to me the most cuz I just had it. But there's been some other things that mm. are not quite as Quite as delightful as I remember.
2: You know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's that we've gone to such a premium ice cream culture. Like growing up, cheap ice cream was ice cream, and you just ate it all. But now, like the These, texture of it might yeah. have spoiled us. And you go back to a fast food, and you're like, oh, "That's you a weird it's? ice cream, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of grainy." And yes, yeah,
3: yes. I think that. I, uh, okay, you're onto something there when with the, the F ice cream. did we get ice cream, but again, it's the it's the it's the hot fudge with the sundae. If any McDonald's See, pros out yeah, there know that they switch that, yeah, because I would always go double hot. fudge you know extra hot fudge it's so good if they
4: mess with their fudge then this whole thing is just a wrap i'm not we
2: can't do it maybe it was a lost leader for them and they, they had to do it for the stock price. Okay, six
3: eight two. It says yes. Finally, someone is speaking out about the Mickey D's hot fudge <laughs> Sunday. Okay, go. so <laughs> ma- maybe maybe it's a McDonald's thing. It makes me feel better
4: about myself overall.
0: obviously Okay, obviously nine zero eight said they changed the fudge. They
4: changed the fudge. Well, if they changed the fudge, then yeah. Is
0: this factual though? Once again, is oh, it factual? Oh
4: no. well,
1: you don't. I mean, are we even believing text, text, so this guy? It might. Yeah. Yeah. It might. Be yeah. Just, do we do uh, our Google's first? Yeah. Because these yeah. people on the fan text will say anything. That's true. One hundred percent. I was thinking more about
0: Eric Lucius. Is what I was
3: thinking
4: about. Right. I'm gonna fact check this. yeah
3: <laughs> well yeah uh somebody please that makes me feel better uh not necessarily but just like actually should we just call mcdonald's and ask hey what did uh, you do I'll to get their fudge? number real quick okay, <laughs> you, <Thank> you completely <laughs> you fudged us uh you fudged mm-hmm. us all it, it is it is a huge bummer um if that is the case but uh yeah just wanted to kind of throw that out there i don't know if it was the covid if it's the aging process or if it's a mcdonald's thing but it, it seems like yeah, four sixty nine. The fudge does suck now. at McDonald's we'll so maybe check that's got what it this is.
0: amazing look on his face. What's up? Well, some, you of the, out? some of the
4: locations took the Sunday off the menu. Well, yeah. I would too oh. at this point. If you're gonna if you're gonna bleep up with the fudge
3: like that, then just take it off the menu. Like if you're gonna go with a Big Mac and you're gonna remove the sauce, in the McFlurry. like why would you even have the Big Mac anymore? You know what I'm saying? Oh. Like what's the deal? You are making sense now.
2: Thank you. I got April twenty first, twenty eighteen. They replaced the original hot fudge with this watered down, artificial tasting syrup. Dude. Remember, it used to be at the bottom, and it was so thick.
3: Thick, yeah. yeah, yes, it's not the
4: case anymore. All right, we got to the bottom of it. Yeah, they go chocolate syrup now. This is, this is, yeah, bleeped. it's it's off-putting. It's disgusting. Okay. It's well.
1: offensive. Somebody said they didn't change the fudge; they just pack it differently. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they've oh. become
3: more progressive over
1: the years. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I know you one... were on one today. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> fastball at the knees, at the black. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Strike three. It call. took a second for me,
3: but my gosh, that was strong.
0: <laughs> I oh, my man's man. got a strong game in there. He, he does. I understood that.
3: You dumped <That's> it, huh? <laughs> Grant Williams, man. What a bad night he had! Remember last oh week? Was it last week or two a weeks McDonald's ago? McDonald's
0: and have a hot foot <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> well, uh,
3: the way he's built, I can see it. I can Ooh. see it. Uh, but he 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 did one of those Ben Simmons things. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about Ben Simmons telling Bradley Beal at the end of a particular game that he was going to knock down two free throws, and of course yeah. he bricked them both, and that was the beginning of the end mentally. <sighs> and on he was the like, court. "What
2: the fudge is going on?" Yeah. yeah.
3: And so Grant Williams last night. Grant Williams said all fudge me. <laughs> throw, throw, throw right back. Throw it right back. I got another <laughs> shot. <laughs> we'll keep feeding you uh, some fudge. Now, Grant Williams of the Celtics did the same thing last night in Cleveland, taking on Donovan Mitchell and the Cavaliers. It's a tie ball game, 109 to 109. There's less than a second remaining. Grant Williams is at the line. He's basically one free throw here, virtually ends the game. You only need to make one. But he, with his own mouth, guarantees two into the face of Donovan Mitchell right before he steps up
2: to the line. Well, Mitchell and Levert were like taking turns walking in front of him and like trying to ice him. I like it. Okay, and they're like getting in his face as often happen so man. so he's like you want to talk to me You know, I'll make them both," he said over and over in Donovan Mitchell's face. It was it was great.
3: Yeah, it wasn't just one. He didn't just lob one out there. He had like four grenades that all carried the same sentence, which was, "I'm going to make both of these. I'm going to make both of these." And then inevitably, he bricked the first one, and then you know the weight of the world comes crashing down on your shoulders. At that point, the basketball for the second free throw, I think science would tell you, after missing the first and guaranteeing you were going to make both, the basketball becomes the weight of a bowling ball. Yeah. Yeah, and and the confidence just leaks completely out of you. Everybody can see it on the hardwood. And that's what happened to Grant Williams last night. He bricks the second one the same way he did the first one. Now it is overtime and uh, just beautifully written. The story goes, Boston loses in overtime.
2: I can't imagine being uh, Williams last night. He entered last night shooting 100% on his clutch free throws. He's actually clutch AF. Oh,
3: so this was a yeah. crotch first confidence that was yeah. somewhat earned. There. Well, yeah. the, wonder
2: the previous night in overtime, he made game tying and then go ahead free throws against New York Um, he was four of five from three in that game and had been one of the Celtics best shooters this year and is a plus 28 in 87 clutch minutes this year so he's one of the most clutch performers of all time but you have to wonder if he'll ever be the same after that yeah man that can
3: change you forever like seriously let Ben Simmons be the one like Ben Simmons is the one who should have made that mistake and and guys like Grant Williams sh- should have learned from that like Grant Williams even even though you've been you know cold-blooded from the line and clutch there's there's a different type of mental situation here from a dna standpoint that very few people can get away with something like that a michael jordan at the line he's covering his eyes and it's like yeah he can do those sort of things don't put any additional pressure on yourself okay when you when you start guaranteeing victories like that don't 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 do that man. That's a maybe Jason Tatum on the Celtics could do something like that.
2: Grant Williams, you're a role player. This is not for you, bro. No. No, you'll end up like Nick Anderson if you keep that act up. All he needed was was two more and he would have been in his own personal hell. Oh, so, it man. looks like
3: Shams has reported that the Grizzlies held a players only meeting to yeah. discuss uh to discuss off the court road discipline with Stephen Adams leading the charge right after the meeting is when John Morant goes to the party. He (laughs) goes to the club and he whips the gun out on Instagram live, like within hours of each other, there's a team players only meeting led by the single scariest human being in the NBA right now. That is Steven Adams. And it was still not enough for John Morant, not to go to the club and, and whip out the pistol. And now you have Mark Stein reporting that this could be, Fifty games of suspension here.
0: Yeah, for, was talking about that yesterday for
3: John ja Morant, and that is just like that is wild.
0: For what for for bringing the Banishing for bringing gun for bringing the, the, the gun on the plane? On team on plane, plane on a plane? Okay, that's it. Because yeah.
4: that's the other that's the other deal. Because that's the thing. Like it's in being investigated. Because how can you prove that?
0: How can you prove that? That's what I want to know.
4: Uh, it, it, Which is fair, but I guess they can prove
3: how ultimately he got the gun. If you're in a road city and you have a gun and I find out that you got that gun, you know, months prior in a different city, then I, I He'd guess have to fly back. He had that. to have flown here okay. unless he can prove that he bought the gun in the city, the road city that he was in the night that he took it to the, to or,
0: the club. or one of his uh, one of his guys gave him the gun when they went out.
3: Sure. Yeah. Like mm. or they're I'm,
0: holding the gun for him.
3: But a 50-game suspension just immediately, the NBA has that uh, in their CBA Is it deal.
1: true that they're also investigating him to see if he was drunk at the club when he had the gun? I haven't seen that. That or I hadn't heard. be surprised. Okay, yeah. I got some stuff like that coming to me yesterday Ooh. in the conversations. Wow. Yeah, but, but like I said, people can make things up, though, so you don't even know because they sure. want to win the arguments instead of getting information out. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think it's fair to wonder that because of what he and the coach said, like he needs to take some time away for healing. And I thought, well, is that an excuse to buy a little bit of time? Or is he saying, you know, b- because he said, I need to find better ways to cope with the stress, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't imagine, like, brandishing firearms is your coping mechanism with stress. Right. It, maybe it's something that leads to bad decisions, though. Certainly.
3: Uh, I just got the word here. It looks like from a guaranteed money standpoint for Daniel Jones, $82 million guaranteed at signing. So okay. that's a uh, four-year 160. Daniel Jones remains a giant. Uh, There were a couple of other NFL things that went around from the Combine. Matthew Stafford potentially being a guy who could still end up just hanging him up this year. Then the quote from an insider is the guy could barely throw last year. Retirement's still not out of the question, so be uh, on the lookout for something like that this offseason. And then uh, the other thing, Matthew Berry mentioned that um, when it comes to Denver, It's basically a a one-year situation with the way that uh, contract works out. They're going to have a huge cap hit if they decided to just go one and done with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson this year and they move off of Wilson this time next year. They could, they could split up the dead cap hit over a couple of years and it wouldn't be necessarily franchise crippling. But one source said, I don't think Peyton likes Russ. He's got one year to prove himself or Peyton will move on. The source uh, pointed out that Peyton has said multiple times in public on the record how Russell keeps, quote, bothering Drew Brees. Peyton tries to play it off for a laugh, but my source doesn't think Peyton actually thinks it's funny. Uh, where I guess Russell Wilson is like peppering Drew Brees with uh, – you know, maybe advice or tips on how oh, to, wow. you know, navigate a yeah. Sean Payton deal.
4: Well, now that Derek Carr is in New Orleans, get ready for Taysom Hill in Denver.
3: And apparently Sean Payton has put an old, rugged, broken down car in the front of the Broncos parking lot, their facility, uh, with no, no mirrors on it, no rear view and no side mirrors uh, as just a, a, a symbolism basically for players to keep looking forward. Let's not look into the past of last year's disgust. Wow, so, uh, that's that's what you get paid the big bucks for, I guess. Wow. If you're Sean Payton,
2: here's what you were before I got here: an old broken down vehicle. Wow, that's Sean Payton for that's it. A that's your guy. Coaching huh? tactic right there, yeah, man. He's, he's all
0: that's the parcels in him, though. They said it was the crappiest car you've yeah, ever that's, seen. That's, Legend that's, has it it's actually he's, Wolchuk's he's, Lexus that he just yeah, got rid of. He's coming up with stuff. I thought night. for a second he'd yeah. hired
2: Rob Ryan as DC with that vehicle the in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> all righty, thank you, uh, Chia. Follow. Coming up next, Wolchuk, Where we going?
4: Well, I've got Bob Costas dunking on himself for his performance in last year's playoffs. A Rangers spring training update, and should the Cowboys revisit this blockbuster
1: trade idea? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.